Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listener would be edified. For more information about us, please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find out more information about us, how to contact us, where to find us on social media. There's a prayer list there, please, if you're a prayer warrior, I'd encourage you to go there and, and pray for the folks who have asked and requested for prayers. And today we're going to uh, do an overview of the book of Judges. We've done several overviews of uh, a couple other books in the Bible, and we had some really positive feedback from that. So we're going to try to uh, maybe do more of that uh, as time goes on. And we have uh, decided on the book of Judges today. So if you have a Bible, please, I'd encourage you to open it up and follow along. It doesn't matter what version you're using, as long as you have a Bible. I think it's a positive thing to follow along. This way you know that we are speaking from God's Word and we're not making things up. Today, again, uh, this overview is something that you like uh, drop us an email tell us that you what you like to hear and if you have a Bible question uh, we would certainly entertain that we have many questions that have come in in the history of this podcast and we've tried to answer all of them if all possible typically the way the the book of Judges is preached is to focus on each individual story and then make an application to our lives today and you know, I, I understand that when you try to preach uh, God's Word, you need to answer the so what question, or how does that apply to me? And most people want to hear that, and we try to do that here on the podcast as well. That works really well if you really un- understand the context of that certain story. For example, it can be really confusing when you don't. Uh, Did Jethro, did he kill his daughter as a human sacrifice to God? Uh, The whole story kind of becomes confusing without first understanding the overall message of Judges. What's going on in the last story of this book when a Levite dismembers his dead wife and sends one uh, piece of her body part to each of the twelve tribes of Israel? Kind of reads like a horror story. Uh, in the Bible, but unless you understand uh, the whole context of the book, it may not make a whole lot of sense. The book of Judges is a lesson on a, a spiritual decline for a nation. What happens to God's people when they get this half-hearted uh, relationship with God? And you can see that even within our own culture today. You could really honestly study this book and see the parallels of this country that once was a a very godly country, believed in biblical values and morals. Uh, That is no longer the case. And so Judges is is a warning about when people start to compromise with sin. There's an old saying that I heard years ago. It says, sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, and it will keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will cost you more than you wanted to pay. When the book opens, we are introduced really to some some good people uh, with remarkable faith, and they have some integrity. Joshua has just passed away. He's in the previous generation, which would be the book prior to this one. And Caleb is a prominent 
person in the first chapter. His daughter is a chip off the old block, and she's an outstanding uh, woman of faith, and her husband becomes really the first judge of this book. Judges chapter 3 verse 10 tells us uh, how he was empowered by the Holy Spirit and how he would lead Israel. And as the book proceeds, the integrity and the spirituality of the leaders really begin to decline somewhat rapidly in some cases. Uh, the next judge, uh, Ehud, was a godly leader and a man of great courage. Gideon, a very famous uh, man of this book, he's kind of in the center of the book of Judges. And really he begins pretty well at the beginning of his uh, life or his ministry. Some have worded it that way anyway. Uh, by the end of his life, there's some serious trouble here with idolatry. Uh, he's made some compromises, and it has to do with his golden ephod. His son uh, is a really a brutal, evil, uh, ambitious man who will slaughter his own brothers for power and position. And by the time we get to Japheth, uh, the scripture is no longer really emphasizing or stressing uh, God's work in raising up the leader, but instead we see people kind of wiggling their way through uh, trying to get into power, and they will use God's name when it serves their own selfish purposes, much like our politicians today. Uh, if you pay attention, it's getting ready to be an election year. You're already starting to see advertisements and, and different things go on, that how godly they are, their good faith, good morals, good values, good Christian uh, type person. And, that's, and then they get in the office and you find out something totally different. And so, and we can see this throughout the book of Judges. And we can see it in the full context as we study here. Again, it's not surprising to find this man, uh, an offspring of his daughter, he's going to use her as a human sacrifice. And we're going to be in Judges chapter 2, starting in verse 10 here in just a moment. So if you want to turn over there and follow along. Uh, and he's not going to lose face over this. His values are really uh, are confused. Uh, they're compromised. or They're corrupted. And then we have Samson. Uh, he's another example of a man who, who's born into a rich, uh, really rich spiritual heritage and opportunity. His parents seem to be very godly people. And God has gifted him with power for him into the service of God but most of his energy and time uh, Samson he he lust after women he has uh, a real issue uh, with sex and then, of course the other part is uh, Samson always seeking a revenge and so in Judges chapter 2 we're going to read uh, verses 10 through 19 so bear with me here as, as we read all that generations also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, who did not know the Lord, nor yet know the work which he had done for Israel. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals. Verse 12. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods from among the gods of the people, who were around them, and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. 
See, those people today don't think God gets mad. He's an indulgent grandfather who's never studied uh, the, the Old Testament, especially. Verse 13, So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of the plunders who plundered them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them, so they, they could no longer stand before their enemies. Verse 15, Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for the evil. As the Lord has spoken, and as the Lord has sworn to them, so that they were severely distressed. Then the Lord raised up judges who would deliver them from their hands of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down to them. They turned aside quickly from one way in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do as their fathers. Verse 18, When the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with that judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed and afflicted them. But it came about when that judge died that they would turn back and act more corrupt than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not abandon their practices or their stubborn ways. This cycle really describes here what we just read. It begins with God's blessing them in their lives, but it, but they don't pursue God. Uh, they, they would pursue their own pleasures. They would go after the idols of the world. They presume upon the goodness of God. And notice in verse 13, God takes responsibility for their troubles. He, he sold them. It's not the devil's uh, doing. It's, it's the father. He's chastising his children. And, and a father has that right. Uh, we today, we, we have children. We, our responsibility uh, is to correct our children when they're not doing right. We don't want them to be in prison. We don't want them to be a burden on society or anything. We want them to be good, uh, upstanding citizens of our community. And that's what God wants. He wants all of us to be upstanding followers of Him. And God, he, He's looking for, and He was looking here, for obedience. He's not looking for some magical uh, some religious activity saying, hey, look what I did, put notches on your Bible, how many people you baptized, and, and then you can't figure out why they're not there anymore six months down the road. So God, he allowed the pressure to come onto them, and, and they would turn back to him, and they would ask for help. But then they would call upon the Lord, you know, and again, they're going to, God would graciously answer those prayers. He raises up a judge, and he delivers them, and he restores them to the blessings. Notice that in verse 18. It clearly states that God does this. That the grace of God is revealed through all the Bible, including the Old and New Testament. And I, I know there's a lot of people that don't believe that God was had grace in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And that's not true at all. Uh, there's lots of grace uh, throughout the Old Testament. But there seems to be this cycle over and over again throughout the book of Judges. 
Can we see that in our own lives where we have these cycles uh, where we are constantly going in? Judges 2.19 really is a key verse for interpreting this book that we call Judges. And remember it says that when the judge died, the people returned to the ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Again, this would be the pattern that would put them on a spiritual downward pattern until they actually hit rock bottom at the end of this book. And if you notice as you study through this book, uh, chapter 17 to 21, uh, there's a collection of stories there in these chapters. And they, they emphasize really how far from God these people had become. Oh, they claim to be uh, obedient. They claim to be followers, just like today. We claim to be Christian. We claim to be disciples of Christ. We, we claim, we claim, but yet our hearts, our actions, our words say something much different. Turn with me over to Judges chapter 19, verse 1. This story really begins with these words. In, their, in those days, Israel had no king. The statement begins to define the problem, uh, which is more fully defined in the last verse of the book. The writer does not want us to, to miss this point, so he drives it home again at the end of the book. Chapter 21, verse 25. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. It is this instance upon which they're doing their own thing. They have this lack of moral accountability. There's a lot of chaos. Uh, there's a lot of confusion as you study this book and, and the writer Samuel reports. Uh, the story in Judges 19 is about a Levite. Uh, this man is called to a spiritual leadership. He's in a priestly ministry. He's part of the tribe of, of the Levites. And this man had a special place with God and helping the people. Uh, it was a place of privilege and anointing. He was supposed to be offering up sacrifices at the temple and, and, and helping people understand God's word. But this is a man is an example just how far these people had drifted from God. The fact that he's unnamed indicates that this issue is is. So much of this person, it's just his condition is terrible. And it just shows how far these people have fallen. And that would go on for us even today. I mean, look here, in, in nine, verse, chapter 19, verse 2, it tells us here there's a conflict in this man's marriage, and his wife will leave him, and she kind of goes back to her parents. She, uh, it's really hard to determine in this text is saying if she uh, was unfaithful to him. I know the NIV and the King James Version, would, if you study that particular version, would say that you know she's angry with him. Uh, other versions lead you to think, uh, again, there's some unfaithfulness, but it's pretty clear that about after four months of, of this separation, this Levite will travel to her parents' home, and he's going to persuade her to return home with back with him. 
And on their way back home, they, they come to a town in the, in the territory of Benjamin. They take on this idea here, they're going to spend the night in a home of an old man, which, again, if you study this out, you'll find out it's the custom of the day. Uh, they go into the town, and they're, they're at the main well. They're watering their animals and whatnot. It, they're supposed to, the people of the town, they saw a stranger. They're supposed to invite the stranger into their home. I give them safety, feed them, I give them a nice place to sleep and whatnot. That was the time and the culture of the day. It, somewhere during the night, there's an incident that will take place, and it almost sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah and the days of Lot. And, and again, we're still in chapter 19, uh, verses uh, 22 to really the first part of uh, chapter 20. It says, While they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house. Pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the home, Bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. Verse 23, The owner of the house went outside and said to them, No, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is a guest, do not do this disgraceful thing. Verse 24, Look, here's my virgin daughter and his uh, Contrabine, I, I will give them to, out to you right now, and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But to this man, do not do such a disgraceful thing. Verse 25, But the men would not listen to him. So the man took his contrabine and sent her outside to them, and they raped her and abused her throughout the night. And at dawn, they let her go. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. When her master got up in the morning, he opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way there, lay his contraband, and falling in the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. I mean, this woman doesn't apparently have the strength to even open the door and go inside. And verse 28, he said to her, Get up, let's go. But there was no answer. The man put her on his donkey and set out for home. And when he reached home, he took out a knife and cut up his confine limb by limb into twelve parts and sent him into all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it said, Such a thing has never been seen or done since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Think about it and consider it. Tell us what to do. Okay? I mean, listen to this story. What a horror story uh, here in this in the Bible. I don't know how many of you have ever read this story and this account here. But, I mean, how terrible. And it's there to tell you and me where, where there is sin will take us if we play with it, we compromise with it, and remember how this book really begins. Just a little empathy towards God's command uh, to take the land. A willingness to compromise with the enemy and settle for less than what God had called them to do. Look where sin has taken these people. This is not Sodom. This is happening in Israel. 
unbelievable wickedness, brutality. You know, and we have this kind of thing going on even here in our country. If you watch the news at all, it's sick what people are doing. It's horrible. And we, we ask ourselves at church, why is this going on? Well, first of all, we're allowing it. Two, we've kicked God out of the country. We kicked him out of the schools. We've kicked him out of the courthouse. We've kicked him out of our homes. We don't teach him to our children. What do we expect? Sin is a slippery slope that gets slippier and slippier, and you will before you hit the bottom. I mean, you're you're going full speed. Consider the wickedness of these townspeople. I mean, really, nowhere in Scripture is homosexuality presented the way the media really presents it. It's not funny. It's not normal. It is. It is more debased in heterosexual sin because it, it is a. It's farther from what God intended for human sexuality in the marriage between a man and a woman. And these people are so consumed by their endless lust, they have no concern whatsoever for this woman's life. I mean, they rape her and, and take advantage of her until she's dead. I mean, how would we feel if that really happened in our neighborhood today? I, mean, we, I think we've become so callous, even in, in the church, about this stuff. It doesn't even, we don't even bat an eye about it anymore. Evil has completely taken over the minds of these people. And they're so corrupt. And we had that same issue again in our, in our world. It's just not a problem in the U.S. It's a worldwide problem. But don't miss the difference here between this story of Judges 19 and Genesis chapter 19. Sodom and Gomorrah were never God's covenant people. The tribe of Benjamin was. And we have incidents going on in the church right now that, that, that I've been around. Abortion, people say, oh, that's just what young people do. They have sex outside of marriage. They just live together. No, not if they're a Christian and not if we're in the church. I mean, we put up with evolution in the church. People believe it took billions and millions and trillions of years for us to come into existence. Well, I'm offended by anybody in the church who says that. I did not come out of a snail or a monkey. I'm created in the image of God. And yet here we have people... The greatest scientist is God, the writer of the Bible, the one who created all things. But again, look at this horror, this incident that we just read again. These people are called into a covenant relationship, just like those who claim to be Christians. The book of Judges is the story on how they came into this evil condition. And this Levite he, he's not a whole lot better. I mean, think about it. What kind of a man would hand his wife over to a crowd of men so that he could protect his own skin? What kind of a man would coldly dismember her, his wife's dead body after she'd been brutally raped and killed this way? I mean, look at his indifference toward her as he walks out 
of the house the next morning. Again, at daybreak, verse 26, the woman went back to the house where, where here where the master was staying. It fell down at the door and lay there until daylight. Verse 27, her master got up in the morning. I mean, folks, how could he sleep knowing what was happening to her and what was going on? Like it was no big thing. No wonder she left the guy in the beginning of this story. And, you know, an open, he opens the door and he, he steps out to continue on his way like there's nothing's happened, like it's a so what thing. And there lay his, his, his contrabine uh, falling in the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. Come on. And all he says is, get up, let's go. He doesn't, he doesn't say, are you okay? I didn't know you were out here. Why didn't you knock on the door? I mean, there's nothing. And she obviously doesn't answer because she's dead. Then the man put her on her, put her on his donkey and set out for home. Like it was just an everyday thing. No big deal. And see, listeners, this is the end result of the compromise with sin. This is the lesson of this story. Sin is not pretty, and it gets uglier and uglier. It just, it's nasty. Until you become something that you really don't want to be. The horror of this should make you, toward this story, it should be the one that makes God mad. And God wants us to have this understanding that anything that we start allowing in our lives that is not from Him becomes this ugly. And again, as we look around the world we have around us today, do we see these events taking place through the eyes of God? Or those of the world, do we, do we, or do we just ignore them? I mean, they should make you sick if you're really a follower of Christ. You shouldn't really be worried about your children and your grandchildren. The book of Judges reflects a society, again, not much different from our own, full of corruption, evil leadership, lustful desires outside of which the Creator God intended for. There's no shame on who or what worship is about or what you're worshiping. Worshiping creation, I mean, the the new green deal, Mother Earth, that is worshiping creation. I'm not saying we shouldn't take care and be responsible for the, the world that God has given us. I'm not saying that at all. But we even have religious leaders who are becoming more and more corrupt. I mean, they constantly are compromising so that they can have good favor with the government so they don't have to worry about being harassed and picked on by the tax people or whatever because they they don't want to be looked in a, in a bad light by the world well folks whose light are we wanting to be in are we wanting to be in the light of christ are we wanting to be in the dark where Satan and his evil demons rule? 
I mean, it takes courage to want to be the light of Christ. And you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be mocked at. You're going to be laughed at. Some places in the world, you, you could lose your life, no doubt. And we pray all the time for the persecuted church. And believe me, people will notice your light or they will notice your darkness. They may not come right out and tell you that. But even you, I mean, if you look around people at work or at school, you know their character and you say, oh, you're not supposed to judge. Well, Jesus says, you know, judge by righteousness. You, you can see the fruit of their tree. You can know if that person's a good person or not. You can do that. And this is why I really just love the Old Testament. It is so rich in these stories and events of real life things, real life people that really happened. And I know there's a lot of people that don't believe that the Old Testament is real. It's just made up. I don't believe it. I think it actually recurred the way it's recorded for us. I've been criticized many times over the years doing pulpit work as spending way too much time in the Old Testament. Well, listeners, please understand this. Please. You and I cannot know and understand who God is, how He looks at sin, how He looks at societies and communities, how He has proclaimed to His followers what is expected from them so on i mean the list could go on and without the writings of the old testament you and i will never know there's even a coming messiah i had a church one time tell me all we need to do is preach the new testament well folks if i told you when jesus said remember lot's wife what does that mean you have no clue if you've never studied who lot was and what his wife did and why jesus would say that and, you know, as we study the depth of the Old Testament, you will begin to have a deeper appreciation for what the New Testament is all about and what this little things mean, like remember Lot's wife. You'll start to understand uh, the huge price God paid on the cross for us through His Son. You can see how evil the human race really is and how we have a God who really wants all of us to be with Him as He always intended. To know that God takes sin seriously. We think that God takes it lightly since that we take it so lightly. And this is a graven mistake. It is a terrible mistake to make. Again, these are not made up stories. These are real people and real events. And Jesus himself would give credibility to many of these people and actually these things took place. He will give credit to the books of the Old Testament. He would give credit to uh, people who actually lived in their day and time. And as the prophet Samuel wrote the book of Judges, I think I mentioned that earlier. If I didn't, now you know who wrote it. Again, he is showing us the true nature of sin. And it's never changed. 
we uh, we we struggle with sin. We sin because we like it. Let's I mean let's be honest about it. That's why we sin. Because I haven't done anything that I haven't liked, except maybe paying taxes. Okay, so again, sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you wanted to stay. It will cost you more than you wanted to pay. I certainly hope that this podcast is encouraging you to to have a deeper study and understanding of God's Word. I hope and pray that you're being edified and that Christ is being glorified. We, We truly love doing this podcast and I hope that you've hung out with me to the end here. Uh, this is really a very quick overview uh, uh, of the book of Judges. There's a lot uh, that goes on in the book of Judges. And I would encourage you to read it and study it. It, it could take months or, or longer if you really wanted to study it all out and really get to know all the events here. And I would encourage you uh, to do so. Have a loving relationship with your Bible. I warn that Bible to a preacher when he visits. It's just, it's joy to the heart, believe me. Uh, the Bible that's in mint condition sitting on the table, that's all it is. It's just in mint condition. It tells, it always told me that people were not reading or at least not using that particular Bible anyway. Follow whoever you're listening to. Follow them in the Bible. And they tell you it's not there to take their word for it. I, I walk away from that pretty quickly. I don't want anything to do with that. Do I understand people might have different views and interpretations? Well, yes I do. doesn't always mean I would agree with it. But they have that right to believe whatever. God gives everybody to right. He wants us all to freely come to Him, to freely be part of His kingdom, His people. and It's a choice to live with Him for eternity or not. I mean, that's just who He is. He wants genuine love, just like you want genuine love from your spouse and your and your children. You don't want a forced love. Well, again, I, I thank you for listening. And if you, you have something, a question you want to ask, we will do our best to answer it. And you can find the questions on our webpage that already have been answered. Perhaps uh, you have that same question. You certainly could go there. We don't mind answering the same question again. Uh, maybe I've already forgotten what some of those questions and answers were. It might make me dig again. And so, uh, please feel free to email us. We get lots of positive emails. We, we're so blessed with that. We continually have more and more listeners. Uh, literally, listeners from all around the world. Uh, the only major country uh, that we have never had a listener is Communist China. Uh, and, and North Korea. Those are two... Uh, the countries that I can think of, we just simply have not had at least one listener. There's a lot of little small countries out there that I did not know were there. It's been a long time since I took world geography. And uh, it's pretty amazing where this message is gone. God is good. God is great. And we are thankful. And so, again, please hit that like button. Make sure you follow us as we release our podcast each week so you get an alert. Please tell your friends and family about us if you're encouraged by our message. That's how we really have grown. We don't pay for advertising. Nobody here gets a salary. 
We are all volunteer our time and our efforts trying to uh, put this together each week. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.